afternoon, Restoration Chapel family and friends. We are hope you are doing well today. Today we have a special guest with us uh, from Life Church uh, in Alabama. Um, a lot of you might know him as he lived in this part of the area. How long ago was that, uh, Pastor Dustin? I left, let's see, I'm 37, I'm getting old. I left uh, when I was 25, so I've been down here for 12 years now, but okay. South Carolina's still home. So. Yes, definitely. So Dustin Atkins is with us, and we are excited. Um, I met him, he was the youth pastor at Piedmont um, when we met. I was the youth pastor at Restoration Chapel, and um, we, we talked a couple of times then, and um, I've been following him as he's been going. Um, I know he was a youth pastor in Alabama, and now a yep. senior or a campus pastor. Um, so, uh, but I, we always start off with testimonies and, um, we, uh, I use the scripture every week and I don't mind using it again, but it says, you know, we are overcomers by the um, blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And as many people know, it's hard to share a testimony because some of us think we don't have a good enough testimony or some of us don't like bringing up the past. Um, but, uh, pastor, uh, can you go ahead and tell me your, um, testimony? How did you, how was your life before uh, you met Jesus. Well, let me give you a little brief uh, testimony of uh, my background. And for those of you guys in South Carolina, I'm still familiar with a lot of you. So you, you may have heard me talk about this at, at camp or somewhere along the good old, good old Camp Agape. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, you know, I grew up in a home where I didn't have a father. So I was thinking about that. Matter of fact, as we, you know, prepare for Father's Day and preparing a message for that. So my dad uh, left when I was two. And so we never have seen him again. And, and I just found out probably the last uh, four or five years that my dad is, is in federal prison. And, and so he's been in and out of prison, a lifetime criminal. And so one day I hope to, you know, get to meet him and hopefully lead him to Jesus. But we'll, we'll see how that works out. But he left. And then my mom uh, and my mom knows this. So if you, you're thinking, oh, this guy's talking about his mom. She knows this. <laughs> you, I share this. Uh, my mom, uh, before she really uh, started serving the Lord and, and, really coming to church with me yet really at Piedmont when I started youth passion, mm -hmm. uh, bless those folks heart that had to put up with me for when I was 22 years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, she started really coming to church with me and, 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 and never that she never did really live a bad life, but just not in church. We were not in church, that type of thing. So when I started youth passion, she started coming to church with me. But, um, and so during all of my childhood, it was really rough and we didn't have a whole lot. I mean, you can obviously tell I'm not starving to death, but you know, uh, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money and, and she married again and he was extremely violent and there was abuse and drugs and jail and all just, I mean, absolute craziness until the time I was about 14. And I was actually, it's funny that you mentioned this pastor because I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I'm, I'm one of those weird people that can't remember the exact date of things. Yes. Uh, and I, I guess that is me getting old. I call it sometimers. I have sometimers. Yes. Sometimes I can remember, sometimes I can't. But I remember being about 12 years old and you may, you're, you're, you're not too far behind me. So you maybe remember the Greenville Memorial Auditorium. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Before the, well, it's not the Bilo Center anymore. It was, they've changed names. Yes. Yeah, like the Bond Secure, <laughs> Bond Secure building now. Yes. Whatever that is. you know. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember being dropped. Matter of fact, me and my best friend at the time being dropped off at that. And you would, I would never do that with my kids right now. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I remember being dropped off at that building, uh, I was probably, I'm going to say 12, 13 years old, maybe. And it was a, um, it was a, uh, like a crusade by a guy named, uh, God, I think I want to say his name was Jay Strat. 
that was doing. And my grandfather's church was actually a part of it. And it was a, a big thing that a lot of the Baptist churches in town were doing. And I remember him preaching that night. And I remember giving my heart to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of went to high school and I was never one of those. Uh, and I could say that with a clear conscience, not that I was an angel, but I, I didn't do a lot of the things that my, my, uh, my other friends were doing, yeah. uh, but I didn't, I wasn't really living for the Lord either. You know, there's really kind of no in between on that. So at about 18 years old me, and me and a, some buddies of mine started going to church together. We actually sang in a gospel group together. Uh, and I, people tease me cause I used to sing Southern gospel and then the Lord delivered me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I discovered some hills. Off. No, we, um, and we started going to college park church. Got a prophecy. Yes. Uh, so I was 18 years old. I was a senior in high school and I just had this, got really involved in the youth group and just kind of had this spiritual awakening in my life. And I I don't really uh, believe I ever, you know, really necessarily strayed away from the Lord. I just wasn't really serious about what I was doing. So to rewind that a little bit more, I was at a conference one time when I was about 14 with a friend of mine, the same friend who was dropped off at this, this thing where both of us gave our heart to the Lord. Uh And I remember distinctly hearing the Lord call me in the ministry. And I had no idea what that meant for five or six years. I put that in the back of my mind. And I thought, you know, I was just a teenager that was just emotional, you know, whatever. And the Lord really confirmed that. And so uh, next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm youth pastoring at Piedmont. Bless their heart. They didn't, they didn't have another choice after uh, <laughs> Jason left. Jason Ryerson, you guys probably know Jason. And, yes. and so uh, uh, started there and, and it just kind of escalated. I was there for two and a half years and then felt the call. Uh, if you remember Clinton, Liz Knowles that were yes. youth pastors in Somerville, I actually became their youth pastor down here in a little tiny town called Hackleburg, Alabama. So I went from Greenville, South Carolina to <laughs> Hackleburg, Alabama, which is a town of about 1,500 people. True. Uh, fell in love with it, stayed there for seven years. Uh, and then we, uh, when we got married, uh, I was telling you before we started recording, me and my wife got married a little bit late, so I wanted to take a little bit of a break. I took about a two-year uh, – I, I told the Lord I was going to take a break. That didn't work out real well. <laughs> and so uh, – uh, almost three years ago. So three years ago in uh, December, this coming December, we um, accepted the campus pastor position at Life Church Coleman. Uh, and so that's just kind of how that worked out. But if there's anybody pastor that should not be preaching, that should not be uh, in the position I am, and not that I'm anything great, but that, that, that you know, gets to pastor a church and, and where it should be me, because I should, the, the one, if there's anybody listening to this, one thing I want to tell you is you don't have the, you, you don't have the choice all the time in the circumstances you were raised. Yes. Because statistically I should be a drug addict. I should, I should, and, and I, I'm, I'm just going to talk really real if that's okay. Yes, on here. Yeah, I, no, that's perfect. Uh, I, I should be beating on my wife. I should be a lousy husband. I should be in divorced three or four times. And I'm not condemning anybody that's been through that, but statistically I should be that. And by the grace and the mercy only of God, uh, I was able to make those choices. So you guys that are wanting to share your testimony here, one thing you got to remember too, is you always have a choice. You always have a choice in the matter. And I know that's not a popular topic to talk about in the United States now, because we want to, we want to blame things on other people, but you have a choice, no matter how, uh, and pardon me for this non pastoral world, no matter how crappy your life is, you know, you have a, you do have a choice and it's, it's hard and it's, you fight against those things that your, your atmosphere try to, tries to, uh, uh, tries to put on you, your environment tries to put on you, but you have a choice. And I'm a living proof of that. Um, I'm not pastoring a mega church. I have no desire to, but I, I, I'm in there uh, working and, and preaching and, and, and just, you know, living out the calling that God has on my life. So I want to say too, you know, 
don't think because of what you've went through or your past or your family history or your socioeconomic status, I'm poor, I'm rich. God can use anybody. And I'm a, I'm a living example of that for sure. That's right. And, and now you said that your mom started going to church when you were youth pastoring. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did she make that choice? Was it through <clears throat> you fighting? Was it through just the example you were living or, Hey, I just want to be with my son to see what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think it was more of, you know, I, I'm, I'm the baby, you know? And so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think she was just like any other parent would be, she was just proud. And, and I think, you know, not that she was not a spiritual person. My mom just went through a lot and she yes. kept it all to herself and she went to church with me periodically, but this gave her an outlet to actually be in church with me. I got you. Uh, and so, and she loved the church. Matter of fact, her, uh, it's funny, her and pastor Manley graduated high school together. Oh, okay. And so it was, they had, to, they already kind of, you know, she, they didn't necessarily know each other, but they had that connection at Parker high school. And, and so she just started coming and loved the church, loved the people and uh and just kind of fell in love with it and thank god she now goes to church with my brother who lives there close and has continued that and so uh yeah it was really i, I don't know if it was anything uh super spiritual as the fact that she just wanted to be with me and and when she was that was her time to come spend with me and and a little funny side note there, there was a little um chinese buffet there in williamston i don't know if it's still there that no, was our place on- they've shut it down <laughs> yes <laughs> that was our that was our place on Sunday yeah okay so she was, she, that was our day and we spent together but the Lord used just that just her wanting to come be with her son and and, and watch him preach and, and 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 got her involved in that church and 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 she just you know uh started loving going to church again and so God uses those kind of simple things man that don't seem necessarily spiritual so to speak yeah just just those natural things. I love my son, so I'm going to go be with him. And, uh, but God uses those man, those really what we call ordinary circumstances to really do some great things. Yeah. The reason why I asked that, cause I know uh, even at restoration chapel, when there's a lot of places, we see a lot of young people come to church or even kids that their parents doesn't that don't yep. come yet. And I, you know, I wanted to make sure we, we emphasize that just because your parents doesn't come, don't come right now doesn't mean that they're not going to exactly um, it, it, you know there's an opportunity through you serving through you falling yep. in love with Jesus um, you never know there might be one day you know you might be a greeter one day and your mom's like hey I want to see that or your dad's like hey I want to see yep. that or, or you might be a part of the praise team or you know different things um, and, and I wanted to make sure we knew that that just don't lose hope on, on right. your family members um, and, and it goes farther than just in, in parents if you're going to church the more you get involved your kids will see that yep and and, yep. and see where your love's at and and I know about family even when family feels broken when somebody gets a part of something they the whole family still wants to be a part of it yes yes and I've just, I've just seen that and you know um, so when you moved to Alabama, I know that was hard because I know you love the Piedmont mm-hmm. Church. And um, yeah. we even talked about it a couple <clears throat> times before you left. Um, how how was that going to a place where you probably only knew just the pastors and, and starting over basically in youth ministry? Not, um, you know, because there's always that awkward change when the youth pastor goes out and another youth pastor mm-hmm. comes in. There's yeah. an awkward change because of the relationships, because we know sure. um, both of us were youth pastors and, and, and we know relationship for young people is a big deal. 
Yeah. If, if you know, we have to have those relationships. So how, how was that uh, um, transition? You know, it was actually, um, I loved the Piedmont church, loved the people. I, I'm the type of guy when I go somewhere, I tend to, and I think every pastor does this, and, and but I, it's just my personality. I tend to just get in the trenches. That's just my nature. I can't just kind of be that guy that shows up. Um, yes. And I'm not saying pastors do that, but, you know, there, there, there's some people that in ministry just kind of show up for their time. But I, I, I really want to get into the, the trenches and, and get to know people. So leaving Piedmont was real hard because that was a great place. It was my first uh, – vocational stop in ministry, so to speak, even though I was a, a bivocational guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, thank God for Pastor Barry Manley, who gave me a chance. Bless his heart. I probably uh, I, I probably put a few more gray hairs on his head sooner than he wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so leaving there was hard, but literally moving to Alabama, uh, people thought I was crazy. Okay. <laughs> You don't know anybody. This is a town of literally, uh, you know, like I said, 1,500 people. It's on, it's on the it literally backside of nowhere. It's a farming community. And I moved there and absolutely fell in love with it because of the, the people. And really what was kind of crazy is I was really, really kind of the first youth pastor they'd ever had. They'd had youth leaders. and But, I mean, the first guy that's coming in and this is your job and this is what you do. And, and so – leaving my family was the really toughest part. Leaving Piedmont was tough. Don't get me wrong. But I, I knew that any, anytime you're in ministry, chances are you're not going to be, you may be, but chances are you're not going to be in one place your whole life ministry wise. And so um, I knew that God had called me there. So that made the leaving part a little easier. Yes. And so, but what hit me is I'm, I'm now 400 miles away from anybody and everything that I know. Yes. You know, it, it's, it, you know, when I moved to Piedmont from Greenville, from the other side of Greenville, I'm still in the same County. I'm 30 minutes, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Definitely. Uh, my mama still cried, but it wasn't a big deal. You know? <laughs> uh, so now I'm 400 miles away. And, and I remember them pulling off the day they left and she just turned around and waved at me. And I thought, first of all, I thought, what have I done? And second of all, I thought I'm a pretty large guy and I don't need to cry in front of all these people. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, I, I'm going to lose my man card here, but, <laughs> You know, immediately God, the, the family of God there took me in and made me part of their community. And I spent seven absolutely phenomenal years there. And um, and so, you know, one thing I would tell somebody, especially if you want to talk about the called into ministry part, uh, be when you two things, when you move somewhere or when when God allows you to be a, someplace where you're, uh, you know, that this is your title, so to speak. First of yeah. all, don't do it for that. Definitely. Second of all, get in there, get your hands dirty, work. Ministry is spelled W-O-R-K, you know, um, get in there and, and get involved in the community. Uh, be your pastor's biggest advocate and his biggest helper. And secondly, you know, understand that God may call you to places where uh, you don't, uh, you didn't foresee it. Did I foresee spending the last uh, almost, well, less 12 years of my life living in Alabama? No. But man, look at God's purpose for that. Yeah, I met my wife. I have a beautiful daughter now. I'm I'm moved from youth pastoring to senior pastoring, and there's days I'm going, man, I really miss youth pastoring. <laughs> it was so much simpler, you know. Like, <laughs> but man, don't be afraid to answer the call of God in your life because you don't know that by answering that call, how God's working out everything in your life. If I never moved to Alabama, chances are I'm still a single guy, and that's that's not bad. Chances are, chances are, you know, I, I'm not a father. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not saying God would not have made a way otherwise, but 
you see God's plan work out for your life when you answer a call to serve other people. That's right. That's right. You know, that's right. And, and you have to be in communication with God for that call too. And yep. like you said, you, you don't do it for the title, but you, you know that God has called you for those yeah, those not, in your life. and it's definitely not for the money. Trust me. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Um, now I know when you were in Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, um, cause we are pastoring right now in times that we've never seen before. Um, we, yeah. with this, you know, virus that's been going on, <clears throat> but I do know if I, if I'm not mistaken, when you were youth pastoring in Alabama, <clears throat> you were, um, there was a tornado that actually went through. Mm-hmm. Yep. And destroyed the church building completely, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And, um, and I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen pictures and heard, you know, through your Facebook and social media, how the community just kind of rallied around that. Can you tell me how it was pastoring in a time where you hadn't really been trained for that? I mean, you, you had been trained no. for a tornado. I mean, <laughs> like I said, none of us have been trained for a virus. No. Uh, but, you know, when a tornado comes through and your building's gone, you really don't have any resources except for, you know, what was able to salvage out of it. Um, and then not just the, the church, but you look around and there's houses that are gone. There's members yeah. stuff that are gone. Can you tell me how that was pastoring through that time? Yeah, that was in April of 2011. And I'll never forget that because it happened on April 27th. We had a major tornado outbreak here in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and my birthday is on the 28th. Yeah. So I was actually tw- about, I uh, was 27, about to turn 28. And it was, um, just a little brief history of that. They told us when I first moved to Alabama, man, we didn't have tornadoes in South Carolina. Now you guys are like having them, which yeah. is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but I had never, you know, we've had bad thunderstorms and maybe something small, but nothing. And so on, uh, April 27th of 2011 at about three fifteen, we had an F5 tornado, mm-hmm. uh, come through Hackleburg, um, and we had uh, over uh, 300 and something people in the state of Alabama that one day die. It was a, what they call a generational tornado outbreak. We have, we have tornadoes in Alabama. That's just part of living here. Yes. Uh, you know it. We got storm sailors. You just go. But they hadn't had anything major like that since, uh, since where it was all over the state since the early 70s. And so, um, yeah, pastoring through that. So our building, we had just finished our building almost two years to the day prior. Mm. Uh, because it, and, and that was a huge accomplishment for that church. Uh, God had, uh, opened up major, major financial resources and the building still had that new smell. Yes. Uh, <laughs> when you build a building like that in a town that small, it's, it's a big deal. Cause I mean, it's just, a, and in literally 40 seconds, our entire town was scraped off the map, just like, you know, a toddler playing with trucks. Yes. Uh, the, the only major industry in that town was well chicken farming was a huge thing so if you've eaten chicken it's probably come from where i used to live and secondly was a wrangler plant it took a a five-story wrangler plant and just crumbled it just crumbled it we lost 16 people that day uh in 16 or 17 in hackleburg that day uh just in our little tiny town and so the next thing you know uh what's funny about that pastor is we come out of the the the, uh, the place where we were i was actually with pastor clinton liz and their kids and i was single at the time and i lived in a mobile home so i knew to get out of there because uh, I was the only thing holding that thing down. So I, <laughs> I got in up. So we come out and the first thing you see is the church. And it was all those years of laboring because we built the inside of it ourselves and, and laboring and getting to that point, people sacrificially giving and an instant and an instant that was gone. Yeah. And next thing you know, you look and the entire town's gone. So long story short, we, um, we find out we've lost a couple of people and, 
a lot of our, some people in our church have lost a couple of people in the tornado. They lost parents. Uh, one of our family, our church members lost both parents at the same time. Uh, and you almost, um, you almost don't know what to do. Yes. So you get to the point where you just say, God, I've never been through this before. I didn't learn about this in seminary. I didn't learn about this when I was getting ordained. I didn't learn about this. God, what do we do? And you literally just have to depend on the Holy Spirit. And I, I learned that it was okay for me to be broken because we were broken. Uh, our church. And the next thing you know, you just roll up your sleeves and kind of get to work and say, look, uh, we're still here. Uh, we're going to mourn that those people that we have lost because it was just, it was unbelievably tragic. It was just a tragic day all over the, all over the Southeast in that day. Yes. And, and so we just said, okay, uh, you go through really a mourning period and then you go through a rebuilding period. Yes. Yeah. And it was probably the most, uh, physically, mentally and emotionally taxing time of my life, I would say. Uh, but God taught us so much through that. The, the thing you got to do with tragedy, uh, with COVID, with the things that even, and, and I know this is a, I, I'm not going to go too deep in this, this is a sensitive subject. Even what we're dealing with with race relations in our country right yes. now. Mm -hmm. We've got to learn from these things. That's right. You know, if we don't learn from tragedy in our life, if we don't learn from, from COVID, if we don't learn from these race relations and learn to come to the table and say, you know, none of us have the answer to this, but we're going to find it together. Nope. Nobody two months ago, you know, me and you, when we're preparing to pastor, yes. uh, which is preparing to pastor is an oxymoron in itself. Cause you're yes, never really there's prepared. Nothing prepare you. Yeah. There's nothing that'll prepare you. <laughs> Nobody said, Hey, you're going to have to shirt. Uh, you know, there's going to be a time you're going to shut down your church for two months. And, and you don't know if you people are going to lose your jobs and if you're going to be financially stable and all this kind of crazy stuff. And, but you learn from it and it's amazing how you, you, you'll calm yourself for a second, sit down and say, Lord, I know that in the midst of this craziness, you're still in control. That's right. We say that a lot, but you can guarantee in your life, whether you're in ministry or you're not, whether no matter what you do, you're going to have opportunities. Uh, and, and there's going to be times when you're in the midst of chaos. It may be a personal chaos. It may be a, what I've called a corporate chaos, what we're going through right now and what we went through in 2011 with the tornadoes, where you just have to sit down, gather your thoughts, say, I'm still here. That's right. Uh, I'm still here for a purpose and a reason. Um, that doesn't mean that I, I don't have some brokenness. I don't have some questions. I don't have some fears, but I'm still here. I'm breathing. So God, what, what do you want me to learn out of this situation? What are you doing in my life through this? That's right. And, and, you know, it, it, no matter what situation comes our way, that's where we have to make sure our relationship with God in the good times, we're yeah. preparing in the good times, in the times like three months ago, when three or four months ago, when we were in the church building, um, yeah. looking, you know, almost to a joke that, hey, we see a virus overseas, but it's not going to hit America because we're, you know, we feel like we're, you know, a bit higher than anybody else most of the time. But we, if we prepare in those good times, then when, when the bad times come, there will be a knockdown a little bit, but we'll be ready for the situation. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It tests you to see what you're really made of, and you That's need correct. that. That's correct. You need that. It, it tests your metal, so to speak. So, and, and don't really, you know, don't curse those times because we're going to come out. 
uh, you know, 2020 hadn't turned out like anybody thought. <laughs> listen, we were listen, we were hopping it up, baby. It was 2020 vision. You know, every pastor <laughs> right, had that. Right. <laughs> you know, and the next thing you know, we're like, man, you know, I, I thought about celebrating Christmas this week just so I could just move on with another year myself. You know, <laughs> but you know, we learn from this. We learn what the church really is. We learn who God really is, and we not that we cannot learn that pastor through the the good times. That's right. But we really are shaped when when everything hits the fan. That's right. You know? That's right. And, you know, I, I just think about Scripture when, um, you know, they're going through a, da- a drought and some of the kings come and, and they tell them to dig a ditch so they can prepare because the rain's yeah. coming. And so right now in this time, if we keep digging, the rain's coming. The, the spirit, yeah. you know, the, the revival's coming. There, there's joy comes in the morning. We say that Scripture a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But do we truly believe that it's coming? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, now that you went from youth pastoring, I know you took a little bit of time off after you got married. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when, when you were asked to become a senior pastor or, or a campus pastor, a senior pastor over a campus, how um, – I know that transition. Uh, trust me, I was in it, so I know how it is. <laughs> uh, how how was that transition in your life? Uh, because, uh, like I said, for me, it rocked my world. Whatever I thought a senior pastor was after day five, um, that completely changed. <laughs> so, yes. uh, uh, how did how did that transition go in your life? Well, it was it was really uh, it was scary because now you think, um, okay, now the. Uh, for lack of a better term, I don't know how to uh, better, you know, uh, articulate it, but uh, the the buck kind of stops with me now. You know, the thing with youth pastoring is you expect youth pastors to be knuckleheads. We were all knuckleheads, okay? Right. You know, That's right. <laughs> That's right. but and the but pastor now, take the blame for what you did. Yeah, exactly. He had to come and clean up your mess. You know? That's right. And so now we're those guys that clean up the mess, you know. Uh, and so um, one thing that that and I hadn't mentioned it that I think actually prepared me more than anything is I spent several years being bivocational before you know I was full time at Hackleberg Church for a while and then I went bivocational again and now I'm back full time for the last year and a half. Uh, I'd, I'd spent a couple of uh, stints working as a chaplain for a hospice company, yeah. and I did that a couple of times and it taught me so much about pastoring because. I pastored people. They just all didn't go to the same church. And I worked with people who were dying. That taught me so much before I stepped into an official role as a, a, as a, you know, a campus or senior pastor, but it was a different transition because it it is a, it's a different type of ministry. You're worried about not when not that you youth pastor and you, 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 we have a tendency to kind of get single-minded if we're children, pastor, youth pastor. And that's not necessarily bad. You just, Hey, this is the area I'm called to and I'm focusing on when you're a senior pastor and then you you're worrying about the entire health of the entire church. And, uh, we, uh, went to a church that was, uh, kind of been suffering for a while and, and, and we're working on kind of building that back up. And so it was definitely hard. It was definitely the first, uh, after the first year. And, and if, if some of my church members listen to this, they'll tell you, I've actually told them this after the first year, cause we just kind of went into a rough situation. I looked at Kessler and said, I'm going back to work. <laughs> I'm going back. <laughs> I was actually by vocation. I said, I'm going back doing this full time you know, we'll be deacons. We'll be, uh, I'll be, I will be the best servant you got, but I am done pastoring for, because it was just, I mean, that would have been 2018. Yeah. It was so difficult. Uh, it was so difficult, uh, you know, and 
it's like the light bulb just kind of switched on for us and, and, and God started using us. And, and I believe that time was just the time of preparing and testing. And, but yeah, it was definitely a, a interesting transition. Uh, one that we're definitely still learning from, uh, growing in, we've only been in it three years. So it's definitely a, a, uh, a, uh, a learning curve. Yes. Uh, we probably make more mistakes than we have <laughs> anything else, but you know, a, a man that doesn't make mistakes or a woman that doesn't make mistakes is somebody that's not doing anything in the first place is what I that's tell right. myself. So it was definitely an interesting transition. I, I, there, there are times I'm going, man, am I too old to youth pastor again? And there's times when I, when I go in there with our youth pastor now and think, yeah, I don't want to be back here anymore. You know yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, it was you a, know, I, I, I agree with that because I, I know there'll be youth pastors that watch this too. And some of them are itching to become a senior yeah. pastor. And for some reason, I think we always thought if you're a youth pastor, that's your next step, uh, that you were just doing youth pastoring for so long, and then, right. um, and then you'll become a pastor. But, again, you need to hear from God. Um, because, Absolutely. Because uh, there's always difficulties in each route that you go. And, and, and I know Dustin will tell you and myself will tell you that when we were youth pastors, there was, there was weeks that we were like, Oh, I don't know if this is for me anymore. Um, you know, every you, Monday, every yes, Monday <laughs> yes. or every Thursday after Wednesday night. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. After you go back in, you see the mess or prepared, <laughs> and, and uh, one week you had 30 to 40 and next week you had 12 show up, you know, exactly. like, Oh my goodness. So um, there's always those, I don't want to say levels of ministry because I believe ministry on, on, the side is, is everybody, there's a place ministry. Nothing's more important than the other. Um, right. and, and I know we, we look at that senior pastor level and some people think, well, they just preach on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and, mm. and, and, you know, they look at that, but there's more to it, but not saying that there's not as much to youth ministry. Cause I remember days where, um, you know, preparing for an event or preparing for uh, a service, we would just constantly get that going. And, and and so wherever ministry you're at now, keep your relationship with God. Don't just look for the next big thing. Correct. Yeah. Yes. We we used to call it the BBD. Okay. And you're thinking, what is the BBD? The bigger, better deal. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, I used to um, I used to really kind of admonish our youth pastors when I've I've done some training and some things. If you're going to be youth pastor, be a youth pastor. That's right. Don't look at it as a stepping stone. May, will it be probably a, a next level thing for you? Maybe so. That's fine. But be there and be present. And, uh, and, and if I could tell young people, old people, anybody of any age, but, you know, probably a lot of younger people are going to be listening to this, uh, this podcast. Yes. Uh, is learn to really, really grow where you're planted right now. That's right. If you're a youth pastor, be the best youth pastor you can be. I mean, get in it. You may be part-time. You may be making $2 a week. I don't know what you're making. Yeah. Uh, chances are that's pretty accurate. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, you know, but be the absolute best you can be. Be your pastor's best friend and not his biggest pain, you know, in, in the hind parts, you know. And be – if you're a children's pastor and you, you may be serving at a larger church, you know, I have the opportunity now. I serve at a little bit larger organization, you know. Uh, but you, you may be sm serving at a, a small church. You may be serving at a church of 50 or 60 people. Give your heart to it. That's right. Be healthy. Do it healthy. Don't let it consume you. Don't let it consume your family. Don't let it consume your resources. But let it, it dig in and understand that you're, you're doing something great for the kingdom. I started out at Piedmont Church of God of Prophecy. Uh, Jason left, and we were in the basement of that church. Uh, 
and it smelled like mold, bless their heart, before they got it fixed. And, and there, you know, there's 10 kids sitting in a room. Same thing when I went to Hackleburg. But you dive in and you know that God will take something small. That's right. You may say, you know, I'm just the children's ministry director. I'm just a, a worship leader. You're not just a anything. You're a child of God that has a calling on your life. And you never know how God's going to use that gifting and that calling to take you to different levels. That's right. But he, he can't do that if you're not faithful where you're at right now. Right. And I've always been told if you can't be uh, faithful in the small stuff, how do you expect him right. to bless you with yep. the big one? Uh, exactly. you, know, you can't be faithful with being a greeter or a uh, parking lot, uh, you know, attendant or, or then how are you expecting your, your influence to grow? Exactly. And, um, exactly. And, and so, so I always try to end with this. Uh, we talked about salvation. We talked about serving in ministry. If somebody just got saved and they came to you, what would be the, what would the, be the most important thing that you would tell them? If somebody just gave their life over to God, um, they're not sure about the calling in the ministry yet or anything like that. They just, uh, I remember when I got saved at that, that night I went to our pastor and I said, Hey, uh, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Yeah. Yeah. Begin to pour into us, you know, and begin to tell us and, and teach us. What would be one thing that you would tell somebody that just gave their life to God? Uh, if you just gave your heart to Jesus, um, first of all, know that this is going to be a process. Okay. Right. You're not going to, uh, uh, let me rephrase that. It, you may instantaneously just have this thing where you don't struggle with things anymore. If you the, the former things you struggle with, chances are though, it's going to be a process. Okay. Right. So first of all, I would tell you that secondly, it is an absolute must, an absolute must. It's not an option. You can't think about it. It's an absolute must to find a church home that's preaching and teaching the word of God and be discipled. That's right. Okay. So, all right. So I understand it's going to be a process. Number one, to find a church home. Okay. Wherever. The, I don't care if you're Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, all that junk doesn't matter. Find somebody okay. that's teaching the word of God and be discipled. Mm -hmm. And third, find a place to serve. That's right. Okay. Let me tell you something. It, you don't have to be, you don't have to have a, a degree in theology to be a parking lot attendant or to be a greeter, or to be an usher, okay? You're probably not going to get saved and then five minutes later go be the youth pastor. That's not very smart, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but go be a greeter. Go be an usher. Serve. So, again, let me go one more time. Understand this is going to be a process. Sanctification is a process. Okay. It's, the Bible tells us to do what with our salvation? To work out our own salvation with much fear and trembling. So it's a process, sure. okay? Sin, sin can't be a, a super active is it, it, part of your life anymore. That's just not... Okay, but that's not to say you're you're instantaneously not going to struggle with things and have a battle. That would be foolish to tell people that. You yeah. and I both know that. Okay, yeah. we're not we're not just came disclaimer. We're not telling people to go sin, but we're saying it is a process. Okay. Well, with All that right. being said, I'm sorry to interrupt. But with that being said, it's, yeah. it's like you lived in the flesh for so many years. Yes. And now that you've given your life to Jesus, it's kind of like if you wore the same shirt your whole life. Yeah. And now you got a new shirt. The next morning you're gonna wake up and try to go back to that old shirt because that's what exactly. you know. That's what you exactly. know. Exactly. But now exactly. you've got to realize that process, as you said. Yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely, Pastor. Realize it's a process. Find you a church to go to, get involved, be discipled, uh, start reading your word. I tell people I tell people that are uh, just I mean, people that just got saved, start in the gospels, read don't don't listen, bro, listen to me. If you just got saved, <laughs> brother, sister in Christ. Don't be trying to go read Ezekiel, Daniel, <laughs> Jeremiah, 
and revelation, okay? That's right. We, that's right. It's going to mess you up. <laughs> let me let you in on a secret. There's a lot of us that still don't understand some of the stuff in those books, okay? That's correct. That's the right. reason why you don't hear it on Sunday morning, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't. Listen, don't start out in like Obadiah, you know, yeah. just start out reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, find a church, serve and be discipled. Find you a mentor, a pastor, somebody you can sit and just soak up everything you can like a sponge. That's right. And if you do that and you trust the Lord, you'll develop a prayer and reading and devotional life and have somebody teach you how to do that. That's right. But, chances are you're not going to be praying for six hours a day when I don't pray for six hours a day. I have a two-year-old that's impossible. Okay. <laughs> All right. But develop a prayer life or reading life. Go find somebody that helps teach you how to do that. And man, watch God just move in your life. And this is the wildest ride you've ever been on. I promise it's not the easiest. Uh, and, and it's going to be a process, but God's going to move and he's going to show you how real and awesome and incredible he is. And that it's not, this isn't just a feeling that this is a real thing. That's right. That's right. And with that being said, we'll end on that note because I always love to end on that way. Uh, so, so people that are far from Christ, if they come to Jesus, they'll understand that it's not always uh, clouds and unicorns and rainbows. Exactly. Nice. But, hey, but there's still some work that has to be done. Um, mm-hmm. And still, you know, as you said, find those, uh, find a church to get into, to be discipled, be, get into your word. And then also, uh, you know, serve, get in serving. Um, I tell people all the time, if the grass is not cut, people won't come to the church. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a way you can serve. You know, if, you know, the, the, if there's trash on the floors, people will stop coming. You don't want to go mm-hmm. to a dirty place, you know, but you also can serve in other ways by, and by, and I love it because, and, and I, I don't know why we're going on this route, but if you look at a waiter and waitress, we think they're serving people, but they're not serving people. They're serving the manager first. If the manager says go mm-hmm. to that table, they have to go to that table. No matter if they like those people or not, they have to yeah. go to the table. But while they're serving the manager, they're also serving the people. And yes. if we will begin to serve God, we will begin serving others. Exactly. In that same way. Exactly. So, so get into where we're serving, serving God by doing all that he's called us to do. Yes. So with that being said, Pastor, we're going to go ahead and knock off on this. But thank you so much. Um, as again, uh, your church again, the name of your church again is? Yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to be on this. I'm at Life Church, uh, Life Church of Alabama. If you Google that, we have two campuses. And I'm at the Coleman campus, uh, which is the best one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, I'm at Life Church in Coleman, Alabama. I'm, I'm halfway between Huntsville and Birmingham. So if you're, if you're ever down this way, come find the big, tall guy standing at the front. I'll talk to you. So. Yes, definitely. That's, and if anybody watches that are from Alabama, I know we've had people watch. Or if you're visiting Alabama, stop by. Say hey. I know, uh, Dustin, I tell you, uh, you've been such a uh, – when I was youth minister and you've been such a big help in my life uh, for the – we didn't know each other for long, but – I, I yes. want to say thank you so much because I remember uh, there was a service at College Park, as a matter of fact, that you preached at when I found that you were leaving and I was so upset. I was like, oh, no. Uh, and so, uh, but thank you so much for all that you do and all that you thank do you. with the kingdom of God. And uh, again, uh, if you're in the Alabama area, please go see Dustin and, and, their, and their church and their family. I know they'll accept you if they're anything like their pastor. They'll accept you to come in and they'll love on you as you come in. But we want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We love each and every one of you. God bless you. And we will see you.